Woe to me if I do not preach the gospel. These powerful words from St. Paul today, where he truly felt the weight of the charge that he had been given by Jesus. Woe to me if I do not preach. Life is not worth living. I might as well not be here. Woe to me if I do not preach the gospel. The proclamation of the good news, the word gospel means good news, is how this gospel of Mark, which we're hearing from all this year, begins, the gospel of Jesus Christ, the good news. And Mark, in the early church, used that phrase, chose that word on purpose, because it was a thumb in the eye to the political and civil leaders. Because they used that word gospel whenever they went off on a war campaign and came back to the good news of conquering some other territory and then bringing those men and women back into slavery. The good news. It was good news when the king or the emperor would come to your little village. The good news is here. And so when the early church was formulating their message, they realized that they had the good news. And the same charge that St. Paul has, has been given to each one of us. So with St. Paul, we too should be saying daily, woe to me if I do not preach the gospel. What is my life worth? if I'm not preaching the gospel. As a faithful disciple of Jesus Christ, this is your job. But what is the good news? What is the gospel? We have to know what the gospel is, what the good news is, in order to proclaim it. And why is it called good news and not just regular news? In order for there to be good news, there must be bad news. So maybe we can start like, what's the bad news? We heard a little bit of it from Job in the first reading. That wonderful story that we all should be familiar with. And then maybe your homework this week could go and read the book of Job. And see this relationship between sin and suffering. Or maybe the lack of relationship between sin and suffering. That what Job experienced was the removal of God's favor. We can call that sin. Job experienced the consequence of sin. And that's the bad news. What Job felt is man's life on earth not a drudgery? Is he, not, is he no more than a slave? His days pass away with boredom, going back and forth the monotonous life. There's no hope. My life is passing like the wind. I will never be happy again. In our modern day, there's an epidemic of loneliness for all people. 
but especially for men in our society, from about the ages of 35 to 40 to 65, there's an epidemic of loneliness. Many of those men don't have any friends, no true friends of which to speak. They're living the bad news. So many of our young people, our young girls in particular, are riddled with anxiety and depression, battling thoughts of, is it worth living? We're living in the bad news, which is why we must preach the good news. And so are you ready? Are you able to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ? Do you know it? Do you know that God loves you? That's the beginning of the good news. That God, who is love, out of a sheer act of kindness, out of a sheer act of goodness, he created you. You. Yes, he created all of everything and all of humanity, but he created you individually. Do you know that? Have you forgotten? He created you because he loves you and he wants to share life with you. He wants to share his life with you. And this is what the story of Genesis is all about. And we see this unfolding in that beautiful story in chapter 1 and chapter 2 of Genesis. This communion, this relationship that God has with his creation, with man who's created in his image and likeness. But we also know how in chapter 3, just so quickly, the evil one came in. The evil one came in with his lies. Not the lie that God doesn't exist. No one can really deny that. The lie he got them with was that God's not good. And that God does not desire your goodness. So Adam and Eve worked against God. And by doing so, they separated themselves. That sanctifying grace, the life of God that they shared was lost. And they hid themselves. But immediately, God promised redemption. It took a few thousand years. But in the fullness of time, as St. Paul tells us in Galatians chapter 4, Jesus was born. The Son of God, the light that came into the darkness, and the darkness cannot overcome it. And Jesus came in the form of man, took on humanity in all things but sin, they went about doing good. As we've heard, he's exercising demons, demons. He's bringing dead people to life. He's healing arms and he's healing blindness and making the mute speak. He's reconciling the world to himself. And then he called men to himself to be his close companions. And he modeled to them what life is supposed to be. And for three years, he shared his life with them teaching them how to share his life with others. Until he called them to himself one day and said, Simon, you are Peter, and on you I build my church. And I give you the power to teach, to, to govern, and to sanctify. And the gates of hell will never prevail against you. And what you teach on earth, I will hold true in heaven. This promise of the Savior in Jesus Christ comes true. And then he finds and leaves us a church so that throughout all of ages we can encounter him. 
Because as we heard in the gospel, whether you know it or not, or whether they know it or not, everyone is looking for Jesus. And then we say there's a God-shaped hole in our heart, but it's a Jesus-shaped hole. And that we're dead in our sins. We're in that drudgery without any hope, as Job said. This is the state of our lives without Jesus Christ. There is no other way. There is no other hope other than Jesus Christ. We must be absolutely certain of this. So that when we go out into the world, our lives proclaim the truth that I'm saved by grace through faith in Jesus Christ. This is the gospel message. And this is what St. Paul lived his life for. He'd rather die than not proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ. Life for him was not worth living. His radical encounter with Jesus, St. Luke tells us the same story three times because it was such a profoundly impactful moment in St. Paul's life. And from that moment on, he was never the same. What's your moment? Maybe it wasn't a radical conversion like St. Paul had. But what's that moment in your life when you, you realized you could do nothing but live for Jesus Christ? Have you had that moment yet? Are you still dabbling with the promises of the world, the lies of Satan, for a little bit of reprieve from the drudgery of this world? My friends, it's only in Jesus Christ. He's the only way to salvation. He's the only way to heaven. And through the church, we can encounter his love and his mercy, his redemption. And that's what we see in the gospel. This wonderful story of the healing of the mother-in-law of Simon. She lay sick in the bed. Each one of us is lying sick in our sin before we encounter Jesus. And when Jesus came in and he touched her and he raised her up and she was able to once again live, this is what happens through the sacraments of the Catholic Church. This is our encounter. This is our touch with Jesus. We know no other way to receive the saving grace of Jesus Christ other than through the sacraments of the Roman Catholic Church beginning with baptism, which restores us to new life. And then we're sustained and healed through the other sacraments. Do we know this and do we believe it? Would we ever miss Mass on Sunday if we knew we were dead without Jesus Christ and the Holy Eucharist? Would we ever not baptize our children? Would we ever support anything that's contrary to God's law? Would we ever endorse any type of marriage other than one man for life for life? Will we ever support politicians who hold immoral beliefs, an objectively evil stance against the, the church and her catechism? Will we ever do that if we encounter Jesus in a very real way in the Holy Eucharist? St. Paul encountered Jesus, and his life was never the same. Woe to me if I don't preach the gospel, and I do this, so that I, for my, for the, I share this sake, for the sake of the gospel, so that I too may share in it. He spent his life to share the gospel so that in the hopes he would go to heaven. It's all he was living for. He knew he was dead if he didn't preach 
and live with Jesus. It was his life. What are you living for? What is your life? What are you dead without? Let that thing be Jesus. Jesus.